Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Shannon Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. All right, we're going to move quickly tonight. We're continuing the series that we've been doing on being a dreamer. Where a foundational verse, I'll take a moment to review, is Ephesians 3 verse 20. God can do anything. I love that verse. Just because of that, God can do anything. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. You know, when I think about that verse, it challenges my thinking about God. It challenges my perspective about who he is. You see, I think sometimes we put God into boxes. And this verse reminds me that the God that I serve is so much bigger than anything that my natural mind can understand or comprehend. He is so much grander than anything that I could foresee or need. He is the God who can do anything. And his version of anything is so much more than what I could ever anticipate. You see, God created each one of us to be a dreamer. In fact, I believe that God is the creator of dreams and he uses them for a specific reason. Those reasons are to bring revelation to your life. He uses our dreams to reveal things to us and to draw us towards his divine purpose for our lives. You see, a lot of us have this idea that God creates us and then begins to set into motion and work on or develop a purpose or a plan for our life. But the truth is, is that in God's word, we learn the exact opposite. You see, first God plans a purpose for your life. And then he creates you with all of the giftings, talents, and desires to get you to the purpose that he has for you. You see, God has a dream for your life. When he spoke you into existence, when he formed you and shaped you and placed you in his mother's womb, he did so knowing that there was a purpose and an intention for your life. So what we've been talking about is how to be a dreamer, the lifestyle of a dreamer. The Bible is full of dreamers. Abraham was a dreamer. Joseph was a dreamer. Noah was a dreamer. The Abraham goes from, I mean, the Bible goes from story to story talking to us about dreamers people that God placed a desire in their heart. And that desire was his purpose for their life. It was a dream. And as they began to walk according to his ways and pursue the things he had for him, for them, the dream became a reality. Last week, we talked about how to recognize our dreams, how to discover them. You see, a lot of times we don't even know what our dreams are. Why? Because we become conformed to the things that society expects from us. We've adapted 
who we are to what people think we should be or what people tell us we are and have lost sight of who God actually created us to be. The Bible tells us, do not be conformed to the ways of the world. Do not buy into the things that people try to tell you you should be. We talked about going back to a place and rediscovering who it was that God actually intended for us to be. Tonight, we're going to head in a different direction. Tonight, we're going to talk about some of the characteristics of what we call successful dreamers. If you're taking notes, the first characteristic of a successful dreamer is this. Successful dreamers have a vision or a picture of their dream. Successful dreamers have a vision or a picture of their dream. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. That word perish there actually means to die. The Bible is speaking very clearly. It says without a vision, people die. It's not literally talking about a physical death. It is talking about their dream dying, their hope dying. You see, my family, vision creates life. Vision keeps you moving forward. So it tells us where there is no vision, people perish. The first week in this series, we talked a lot about Abraham. Abraham had a dream to be a father, to have a descendant. We walk through the story as God makes a promise to him. You see, and in Genesis, God told Abraham, hey, Abraham, listen. I know what your desire is. Your desire is to be a father. But my interpretation of that desire is a little bit different. You see, I need you to go outside, Abraham. I need you to go outside and I need you to look up at the stars. Because you see, for as many stars as you can possibly see, that's how many descendants you're going to have. And then he took Abraham and he said, Abraham, listen, I need you to go down to the seashore. I need you to see the sand as it comes across the sea. Because you see, I need you to understand that my version of this dream or my purpose for your life is a little bit different. You see, your vision is to have a son, but mine is that you would have as many descendants as there are grains of sand along the seashore. Why did God ask Abraham to go outside and look at the stars or look at the seashore to see the sand? You see, God asked Abraham to do that because he needed Abraham to get a picture. He needed him to have a clear picture of the purpose Or the dream that God had for him. You see, he needed Abraham to be able to visualize his dream. 
He needed him to have a point of reference, something that he could believe for, something that he could work towards. You see, I think there's some of you here tonight and maybe you've begun to think about what your dream is for your life. But in order for that dream to become a reality, you need to get a clear picture. There's a famous quote that says you will never leave where you are until you see where you'd rather be. You see, where you are headed is much more important than where you have been. You've got to get a picture of what your dream looks like. You've got to get a vision for where you are headed. You've got to get an idea of where God is trying to take you. And in order to understand the power of vision, then you must understand this. Vision always looks forward. Vision never looks back. Now, vision may glance at the back to learn a lesson, but vision always looks forward. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.13, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, successful dreamers are reaching forward to the things that lie ahead. They have a vision in front of them. So tonight I would ask you this, what is your vision? What is your dream? Do you have a picture of what it looks like? Is it a realistic picture? Do you have an understanding of what it actually takes to make your dream happen? Maybe you need to take some time and study and learn about the dream that you have in your heart. Maybe you need to invest some effort into getting a clear layout or clarity on your vision. Maybe you need to actually go and see it so that you have something to believe for like Abraham did. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Once you decide what your vision is, once you have a picture of what your vision is, then you need to write it down. Let me give you an example. Maybe you're here tonight and your dream is to own your own business. And I would venture to say that if that's your dream, then your dream is to be successful at it and for the business to last. Well, I would say to you that if that's you, then you need to go and you need to find yourself a successful business owner. And you need to begin to learn and understand what a successful business actually looks like. You see, it's been my experience that a lot of people have a division. They say, I want to be the boss. 
But they have created a very false idea in their mind of what it takes to be the boss. In order for your dreams to become a success, you've got to actually make them plain. You've got to write them down. You've got to understand them. And why do I believe that the Bible says to put them down on paper? You know, I'm not much for writing down the details of my dreams or my visions, but what I like to do is create like a vision board. I cut out pictures of things. They may mean absolutely nothing to you, but I know what they mean. If I would encourage you to do something like that, to make a plain picture, why? Because my interpretation of writing my vision down is not so that I can be embarrassed when I fail or it doesn't happen. You see, I think the Bible tells me to write that vision down so that when I encounter negativity or circumstances, when I encounter issues or things that happen, I can come back to a place where I visually see the reminder of what lies ahead. You see, Paul said to move forward, to put the things behind you. Why? Because you will never get anywhere in life if you get stuck focusing on what just happened or what did happen. You see, this is a bad position to be in. With one hand here and one hand over here. This becomes a tug of war. And you will never get to your vision unless you are able to let go day by day to the things that happen. And one of the ways that we do that is by coming back to a place where I am reminded, oh, no, wait a second. Maybe today this didn't exactly happen the way I thought it would. Maybe this person had something negative to say. Maybe that door didn't open exactly the way I expected it to. But that does not overrule the God who can do anything. Because the God who can do anything told me to create this vision. He gave me this dream. And I've got it right here on my board, on my wall, in my purse, wherever. It works for you, and I come back to it day by day because when I write it down and I make it plain, then it is easy for me to keep running forward with it. Amen. You see, Abraham had a picture. He had a picture of the dream that God had promised him. And I imagine that month after month, year after year, When Sarah failed to conceive, he experienced the same kind of disappointment that many of you have encountered as you have walked towards your dreams. But you see, God is so magnificent in this way because month after month was made up of night after night and Each night when Abraham would walk outside and he would glance up at the stars, if it had been one of those disappointing days, as he looked at the stars, he was reminded of the dream that God had given him. You see, God gave him a picture to focus on. He had a clear vision of the promise he had received 
from God. So successful dreamers have a vision or a picture of where they are headed. Number two, successful dreamers do. Successful dreamers do. You see, what do I mean by that? Successful dreamers are not people who are sitting around. They are not people who are waiting for some magic pie in the sky kind of moment where their dream is suddenly going to come true. You see, successful dreamers are doers. Successful dreamers are people who take action. You know, as I study the Bible, I notice a pattern. It is kind of an exchange that happens in the Word. We take an action and then there is a response. The Bible says, give and it shall be given. The Bible says, sow and you will reap. The Bible says, seek and you will find. The Bible says, ask and you will receive. The Bible says, believe and it shall surely come to pass. The Bible says, if you build God a house, he will build you a house. You see, to see your dreams become a reality, you must take action. You must do something. You see, let me give you kind of a big example. Maybe your dream was to be a professional basketball player. If that was your dream and you chose to never try out for the basketball team, then your dream would obviously never come true. You see, it doesn't really matter how gifted or talented of an athlete you are. It doesn't matter how tall you are or how many three-point shots or slam dunks or blocks or whatever you can make. If you don't step up and try out for the team, then your dream will never come true. You see, successful dreamers are the people who choose to get in the game. Amen. You see, there is nowhere in the Bible where it says that the God kind of life comes without hard work. The Bible actually teaches us the opposite. The Bible says to be a doer of the word. The Bible says in Genesis 2 verse 13, the Lord God took the man or Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden. Why? To work it and to take care of it. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. You see, my family, it is your work that is the tool that God uses to bring your dreams into existence. It is through the things that you decide to do that God moves and causes your dreams to become a reality. As I was thinking about this today, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, this is kind of the root of why so many people's dreams don't come true. And this is why. 
Because so many people today have such a bad attitude about their work. So what is your attitude about work? You see, I think some of you need a major attitude adjustment when it comes to your work. You see, you've been living this lifestyle. The lifestyle that says, look, I just don't understand why nothing ever works out for me. I just don't get why that person keeps getting promotion after promotion and it's not happening for me. I mean, clearly they have something against me. You see, it's just not fair. That sort of stuff happens for other people, but not for me. I'm just really not getting the kind of attention or the breaks that I need. You need an attitude adjustment about your work. Because you see, the Bible says that we are to work unto the Lord. When you study out work in the Bible, it actually says that our work is a form of worship. Our work is a form of worship. Now maybe if that thought just kind of gets in your heart tonight, tomorrow when you go to work, you're going to have a little bit of a different attitude. The way I work is a form of worship to God. I am not working for the guy who signs my paycheck and I'm not working for the accolades of my coworkers or my supervisor. I'm not even working for my family. I am working for my God who uses my work to bring provision into my life and as a tool to take me to the manifestation of his purpose for my life. See, I've had the privilege of hanging out with a lot of really successful people in my life. And the one thing that I have learned from being around them is that success does not happen by accident. You see, I know people, people like Charles and Rochelle Neiman, who are actually living the manifestation of the dream that God gave them. And that success did not happen by accident. You see, success happens for the people who work the hardest. Success happens for the people who give the most and give their best. Success happens for those who go above and beyond the job description and the eight to five expectation. Success happens for those who are willing to show up, get in the game, keep learning, serve others, and always maintain this attitude that my work is done for God and God alone. I do not work for the accolades here on earth. I work because I know that I am making a way for God to bring my dreams into reality. You see, my family, these are Bible principles. The Bible says to be a doer. It says to do the work. It says first we plant, then we water, then he gives the increase. The Bible says first the blade, then the ear, 
then the corn. It takes the farmer time and care and attention to get the crop. You see, the sad thing is, is that a lot of us bought into the idea that at the moment that we chose to serve God, that all of a sudden we were no longer a factor in the game, that we could sit on the bench, that it was enough to just have said yes to Jesus. But you see, that's not the truth. Yes, when you said yes to Jesus, you got a relationship with him. You get access to heaven. When you say yes to him, then you get access to the God kind of life. But how much of the God kind of life that you are going to live and experience is entirely up to you? You see, to be a successful dreamer, you must engage in the principles and the laws and the promises that are in God's word. To experience a life of health and healing, then you must believe that you are healed and that Jesus bore your your sicknesses and your diseases. To live a life of what you perceive as an ideal or the desire in your heart, then you must speak into existence that desire and then you must get up and you must do the work to make it happen. You can want to be the pastor of a great huge church. I can tell you I have sat in this room so many times where pastors come to meet with my dad and they say, look, we want a church like yours. We want to work, you know, we want to have large attendance like you. We want a building like you. And he always takes them down the same path of conversation. Do you believe that that's what God has called you to do? Yes, I'm sure that that is what God has called me to do. He called me to be a pastor. He called me to teach people. Okay, so what are you doing to make that happen? Do you work during the week? Well, I go to the office for a couple of hours here and a couple of hours there. How much time are you studying the word? Well, I study a little bit here and I study right before the weekend. How much time are you investing learning from other pastors who are already where you want to be? Do you understand that Abundant Living Faith Center was built on hard, hard work? It was built on hour after hour after after hour, after hour of studying and learning. It was built on hour after hour of cleaning and doing taxes and payroll. It was built on hour after hour of counseling and helping people. It was built on hour after hour of stacking the chairs and then putting them back out. It was built on hour after hour of mopping the floor. It wasn't just God gave Charles and Rochelle Neiman a vision and boom, it happened. You see, God gave them a vision, but they had to do the work. And the work began with cleaning and scrubbing toilets. There was a whole lot more of that kind of work than there was of preaching and leading people and building fancy buildings. 
You see, successful dreamers are doers. They are the people who rise to the occasion. They are the people who are not above any form of task or duty. They are the people who step up and get in the game. They are the people who go to the people that are living the dream that they desire and they learn and they humble themselves and they pursue. Why? Because we plant, we water, and then he brings the increase. We work, we do, and then he adds his super to our natural application. And boom, the manifestation of where he wants us to go happens. Amen. You see, to be a successful dreamer, you must show up. You must answer the call to live. You've got to get in the game and you've got to do the work. Number three, the third characteristic of a successful dreamer is this. Successful dreamers don't question God. Successful dreamers don't question God. They trust God. You see, if you want to see your dreams become a reality, then you must trust God. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That part of the verse that says trust in the Lord actually means to trust him wholly and securely. To rely on God's wisdom, power, and goodness and upon his providence and promises. It says to lean not on your own understanding, to think not that you can accomplish your desires or your dreams by the strength of your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Successful dreamers choose to trust God. It is a choice that they make. You see, as you pursue your dream, you will always encounter voices. You will always encounter things that cause you to question the validity of your dreams, and you have to choose. You have to choose to believe in those things, or you have to choose to shut those voices out and trust God. You see, these are the kind of voices that scream impossibility. They scream negativity and doubt and discouragement. They scream abandonment and shame and guilt. They scream envy and comparison. And hear what I'm saying to you tonight. No one knows what goes on between an individual and God. Things are not always as you assume them to be. Get your eyes off of others and get your eyes on your God and your dream. You see, these are the voices that scream self-reliance. And it is important if you are going to see your dreams become a reality that you recognize 
that you will not realize your dreams because of what you can do, but rather because of what you can do through him and with him. You see, successful dreamers own their own dreams, not someone else's, and they choose to not question God. They choose to trust him. I want to tell you a story about a man that I know. He's a local person here in El Paso. He runs a successful company. And several years ago, he had a contract with a particular vendor. And the contract was coming up for, to, to go out to bid again. And it would come up every couple of years. And he had had just an incredible record with this company. Now, he really had a dream in his heart that God had told him that at the end of that year, his goal was for his company to have a certain amount of revenue. And this was one of the accounts that was leading towards that dream becoming a reality. So when the contract came up to bid, the people from the company told him, look, you don't have anything to worry about. We love working with you. And he was confident and he had taken good care of him. He had been faithful over what he was doing. He was trusting God that he would get the contract again. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he lost the contract. He had a choice to make. You see, that was a difficult moment. There was no explanation as to how that happened. It didn't make sense because he had done a good job. Even the people who were running the division here, they said, look, we don't understand what happened. We, we can't figure out why they didn't give the contract back to you. And he said, well, I don't know. And we prayed about it and we said, look, you know, we're just going to have to trust God in this. Fast forward a year later. He had been told by the people that they wanted him to get a much bigger building to house the contract. And he had made the agreement that if that happened, that he would do that. Obviously, he never went and bought the building because he lost the contract. But unbeknownst to him, six months to a year later, that company went out of business. And if he had had the contract and the lease on the bigger building, his business would have gone out of business also. Why am I sharing that story with you? Because you see, sometimes things happen as we pursue our dreams. And we have a choice to make. And that choice is to choose to trust God and not question him. You see, at that moment when he found out what happened, he understood that God had not let him down. God had protected him. You see, God knew the end from the beginning. He knew what nobody else knew was going on inside this worldwide company. God had protected him. You see, my friend, you have to choose to wholly and securely rely on God as you pursue your dreams. Now, what does tr trusting God mean? I believe that trusting God means the following things. First, it means I choose to trust his wisdom. I choose to believe that he knows more than I know. 
I choose to trust that even when it doesn't make sense to me, he knows the end from the beginning. He is all-knowing, and if I rely on his wisdom, then even when I don't like it, he is taking me to a place of success. Number two, trusting God means I trust his power. I trust his power. You see, the enemy will rise up and try to plant these kind of thoughts in you. Oh, I guess God couldn't make it happen. I guess he wasn't interested in helping me, or I guess he does those things for those kind of people and not my kind of people. But when I choose to trust God, then I choose to believe that God's power is more than enough for anything and everything. When I choose to trust in him, then it means that I don't dictate how God should demonstrate his power. I choose to trust that his demonstration of his power is done on my behalf. Amen. What does trusting God mean? Trusting God means I trust his goodness. I trust his goodness. You back up to that scenario or that story I told you about. It was a moment where it seemed like God's goodness had failed. But my family, if you want to see your dreams play out the way God intends them to, then you must settle in your heart once and for all that God is good. He does good. And he only does good. He is not in the business of doing evil. He does not test you. He will not let you fail. His plans for you are good and only good. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the Message Bible says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. What does trusting God mean? Trusting God means that I trust in his providence and his promises. No matter what, when I choose to trust God, then I am saying I choose to believe that God's word is true and that his promises are yes and amen always and that he will take care of me. You see, successful dreamers choose trust. They don't question God. They don't question the dream that he has given them. They don't question the path or the method that he is using to take them to the manifestation of that dream. They just trust him. They just make up their mind that no matter what, they will not question God. I'll close with this tonight, Isaiah 45, verse 9 through 12. It says, what sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? 
How terrible would it be if a newborn baby said to its father, why was I born? Or if, uh, or if it said to its mother, why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord says. The Holy One of Israel and your creator, do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? I am the one who made the earth and created the people to live on it. With my hands, I stretched out the heavens. All the stars are at my command. You see, some of you came here tonight and you have spent a whole lot of time questioning God. Some of you have even argued with God. Think about that for a moment. You have argued with God. And the only place that that has taken you is to this. You are not living the life that he created you to live. Your life is not moving forward to the manifestation of his purpose for your life. Your dreams are not becoming a reality all because... You have chosen to question God, to question his wisdom, to question his power, to question his goodness, to not trust 100% his providence and his promises. And I believe that God brought you here tonight to say, look, stop. Don't question God. Don't question the dream or the purpose for which you were created. Don't question your creation. Just trust God. Own your dream and let him take you to the realization of living the life that he has for you. Amen. Did you learn some things tonight? Would you stand with me? Let me pray for you real quick. Are you glad you came to church? Father God, I just lift up these incredible people that are here. I thank thank you, Father, for what you did in our midst tonight. And tonight I declare a blessing over their lives. I say that they are the head and not the tail. They are above and never beneath. Truly, everything that they set their hands to do shall prosper. God, I ask you to allow faith and hope to rise up inside of them, to strengthen them as they walk forward, pursuing the things that you have for them and trusting in you to live the life and the dreams that you intended them to live. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you this weekend. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.